When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, it's time for the Sooner Sports Podcast. I guess we've almost become a midweek podcast, right, Toby? With all these Tuesday softball games? It's become a Wednesday show, hasn't it? I got no problem with that. I think think our loyal uh, fan base will follow us whatever day of the week we land on, Chris. I like to believe that. I like to believe that. How was... uh, Let's see. You ended up getting to call baseball games on Friday and Saturday, a spring game on Friday and Sunday, excuse me, a spring game on Saturday, and then kind of a, a, a nice little, dare I say, lull before it really gets crazy for baseball down the home stretch, isn't it? It has been a, uh, yeah, kind of a quiet week. So we got rained out Friday. Oh, that's they right. Dub- they double doubled on uh, Saturday, baseball and softball. So I did not get to call uh, either doubleheader game Saturday. Did get Sunday's run rule victory, and uh, and now we kick back and wait for Bedlam this weekend. And yeah, the final kick, uh, one month basically to go in the season, four weekends of Big Twelve baseball remaining, uh, and they're they're all big time games. You got Oklahoma State, you've got. Uh, at West Virginia, you got Texas Tech, and you got at Baylor, plus a couple Ooh. of midweeks in there with Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. So, yeah, it's uh, the final month and a gauntlet in front of them here, and it's going to be fun this weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing O'Great Stadium again up in Stillwater on Friday night, and then a couple of uh, home Bedlam conference games at Eldale Mitchell Park Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Huh. Imagine that, being smart and playing one game in Stillwater and a couple in Norman or vice versa. Huh. Imagine how, 
Smart that is. Hey, uh, and I mean that in all sincerity, by the way. I think it's great for baseball. Softball is having to go for all three in Stillwater for the first time since 1997. I mean, you think about it. You split it up. If it's the year for Stillwater, for Oklahoma State to host, then you'd play two in Stillwater. You know, the Friday night in Stillwater. Come back, play the Saturday in Norman, to play the Sunday in Stillwater. So that way, you know, you, you, you maybe save some money on a hotel. Not the case this year. Um, but we'll make it all happen. I'm not bitter at all. But I no, it sounds like you're handling it well. <laughs> well, I haven't really had a chance to find out the real story behind it. Maybe it's me just being a baby right now. But yeah, we'll be in Stillwater. Uh, that's hey. By the way, no game this weekend for softball. They're going to get a much deserved break. And Toby, we've only what got. What are you going to do? I, uh, I get to chaperone a field trip <laughs> on the weekend. On the weekend. Where are you guys going? Uh, what? Um, Frontier City, I believe, is where it is. Oh. Yeah, I and I, my daughter is. Well, I, I guess we're in this. My daughter is in band, and they have a performance on that Saturday. Oh, and so okay. then afterwards, they're taken into Frontier City. Mom okay. was going to take care of it, but I, I get roped in. But with that said, I'm very excited what about instrument, it. Instrument? I, I need. I'm sorry, I'm not going to let this go. No, what go instrument are we playing? Clarinet. Okay. Which. All right. What grade? Is, uh, she is in sixth grade. And this is year one of this the clarinet? This is year one of the oh. clarinet. Oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so your house yes. sounds like a uh, duck Yeah, there's call. duck calls. <laughs> yeah, all in my house. It's great. Uh, so that's what I get to do with my Saturday quote-unquote off, but we've only got four regular season games left. That's it. Wow. We've got that the three game set next weekend in Stillwater. And then the Tuesday makeup game against Wichita State, who, by the way, the Shockers last night beat Oklahoma State. So that's a really good team. And then we're kicking off the Big 12 tournament. I mean, this thing for, and I'm sure Patty Gasso would agree, or at least I think she would, is at moments where you felt like this would never end, right? When you're on a bus or you're, you're rescheduling things and you think you're going to. Uh, Texas, and then you end up – well, you, El Paso is in Texas. But you think you're going to, like, Stephen F. Austin, and the, the next thing you know, you're in El Paso. And you think you're going to Waco, and the next thing you know, you're in Louisiana. I mean, this has been wild, but, Toby, it just seems like it's flown by. I guess that's what happens when you have fun, right? That, well, yeah, when you win all all <laughs> but one, you know, squirrely game, it goes. it tends to go a little faster. So, Wait, here's the crazy thing. So this weekend's off. Next weekend's Oklahoma State. That following weekend's the Big 12 Tournament and Selection Sunday. So we're three weeks away from finding out less than that, which is just crazy. Absolutely crazy how quickly a time is flying. Hey, before I kind of take a right turn to the spring game, I was listening Sunday whenever things were wrapping up, and I I absolutely loved the way that that finished because I I felt like that situation during the Team Mexico series. Do you're like, wait, are we want are we run rolling here? What's going on? One day we did, one day we didn't. What was that like for you on Sunday? Oh, it's I don't I don't know. It's one of the charming things of college baseball. <laughs> there there are <laughs> there are several things that are charming about college baseball and I, I love about the sport and one of them is they're so superstitious with things that a lot of times they don't you know, you don't obviously you don't want to go talk to a guy in the middle of a no header or whatever. Right, right. That, but right. One, one of the things that has become enveloped in superstition 
through the years is you don't talk about whether or not a game is a is a run rule game or not. Like, are are we going to? Is this going to be a run rule game? Meaning, in baseball, if you have a lead of ten runs or more after the seventh, it's over. Because somehow, if you do talk about it or admit it up front, you're you're dooming your chances. Gotcha. If you talk about it in the middle of a game, then the game starts to go south. It's a jinx, Chris. It's a jinx, obviously. So that has unfortunately, through the years, <laughs> made its way to the broadcast booth as well. And there have been several times when nobody bothers to tell the broadcasters whether or not <laughs> a game is a run rule. Because not all of them are. Now, correct me right. if I'm wrong. I think in softball, everyone, yeah, it's kind is. of across the board. Yeah. You know, it's a rule, right? Yep, yep. It's not a rule in college <laughs> baseball on Fridays and Saturdays. And it is not always a rule on getaway days. Now, in the Big 12, it is. So if you've got a conference game on a Sunday only, then run rule is in effect. Um, but non-conference games, you never know. Midweeks, Sundays, you know, uh, Arkansas State, for example, came in here um, and played a game. And so I asked before the game, hey, just so I know, are we have a run rule in effect today? And, like, nobody would look me in the eye. You know? it's like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about things like that. Right, don't right. ask that question. We don't talk about things like that. So Sunday, I in the middle of the game, Oklahoma's built a lead up to seven, and there's two men on. I'm calling the game on TV, and Brett Squires is coming to the plate, and I'm not real bright, but I'm doing the math here. If he, in the seventh inning, if he hits a home run here, that's 10, and our, this is Sunday, our, do we have a run rule? And so I ask and, of course, Brett Squires immediately strikes out or grounds out or whatever. And I get a text message back, you know, shame on you. Why did you ask that? You know better than that. Well, the next inning, indeed, they go up 10. And uh, we're, I'm, I'm told we're not playing under a run rule. And so uh, the umpire, you know, is, we're continuing. The umpire looks up and realizes Oklahoma's had 10. And he goes over and asks, oh, you dug out. Hey, are we playing under a run rule? And. You know, you dug out kind of says, I'm not sure. And so they go ask the other dug out and uh, Georgia Southern says, ah, I think we've had enough. And so they ended up calling the game. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, you know, that's, it's a charming thing. I about love it. College I love baseball. It. I'm sure this weekend, Josh Holiday will put a pitcher in the DH spot. So Oklahoma doesn't know exactly who the DH is until he comes to the plate. No, both coaches won't want to let anybody know who they're, rotations are and uh you know there's all kinds of gamesmanship and it's it's just fun i mean it's fun it's aggravating at times when you can't figure out whether or not a game's about to end or not but (laughs) um it's part of also what makes the sport charming Uh, i love it all right hey um a lot of things that we still need to get to involving what took place this past saturday as a matter of fact here on the podcast we haven't even dropped a show since the spring game. So, Toby Rowland, you were on the TV call and saw you had Spencer Tillman with you and Dusty in the booth for a little bit. What's your biggest takeaway from Saturday's spring game? Well, I got a few. I think probably Caleb Williams is the is the biggest. You know, it's our first opportunity to see him, and he was fantastic. So, not that that's a surprise, but I know Sooner fans, and myself included, were all eager 
to see what all the buzz was about with this kid. Sure. And well, you see it. He's quick. Uh, he was on target with I think ten for eleven passing at a touchdown pass. So he looked he looked their part. I mean, he looked like the real deal. Mario Williams is going to be a blast, Chris. I mean, this kid is so quick. Uh, I can't wait to see all the different ways Lincoln finds to use him in his offense, combining him with Marvin Mims and and whoever else, Jaden Hazelwood or the tight ends or whatever. Um, so I, I Mario Williams jumps off the screen at you. Uh, and then probably just the, the general look of the defense. Uh, I thought the defense won the day. I know they didn't win on the scoreboard, but I thought they were the better side of the ball. And they are just to the eyeball. It's impossible not to notice bigger and longer and faster. You know, I mean, they just they got six, one, six, two, six, three defensive backs running around out there. Uh, The depth that they have even shows up in a spring game because you've got. A lot of guys not playing, whether they're defensive linemen or linebackers with, you know, Knicks, they're whatever that's keeping them out. But you're still running out LaRon Stokes late in the game as a part of a third or a fourth string unit. You know, this is a former Big 12 uh, defensive freshman of the year, I believe, or newcomer of the year, something a couple of years ago. And so yep. they they are really, really deep and talented defensively and it is such a joy i know for teddy layman and uh and sooner fans to see uh, how good this team has become how good alex grinch has made this defense quickly uh in his time at oklahoma so i think the defense across the board there were some guys like a latrell mccutcheon uh like a harrington uh, who made plays and you you could whoa uh, I thought Key Lawrence showed up um, so Josh Ellison's had a big spring he recovered a fumble uh, so that's my I'm, I'm a takeaway I think the two Williams on offense stole the show and the defense in general just we're, we're gonna have a fun fall you know you said you feel good for Teddy Lehman and one of my favorite takes that you throw out every now and then is can you imagine it like 10, 15 years from now, if, you know, we're on the network and one of our analysts is like Baker or Marquise Hollywood Brown and they're lamenting how the offense isn't what it once was or something yeah. of that nature. It's so cool to see just how this defense has elevated itself in three years under Alex Grinch. I, so on your huddle show Thursday night, I just had a chance to go one-on-one with Lincoln Riley Ford. Got a chance to talk to him for about a good nine, 10 minutes and you know, I asked him, I said, hey, is this defense where you expected it and want it to be in year three? And he goes, absolutely. It's progressing right along the way they wanted it to. And, I mean, he's wearing a Speed D shirt on the sidelines. I mean, they're the, they're the hottest sellers going right now. I mean, it's, just, it's really cool to see, especially in a league that's yeah. been lambasted nationally for its defense. Yeah, and, I mean, they're, <clears throat> they're good. They're, there's talent. You're an NFL draft guy. Oh, too much. There is NFL draft talent on that defense i mean we're gonna see it in this draft with ronnie perkins uh but you know you look at guys like isaiah thomas and nick benito and some of those defensive backs that are just now coming of age um there is big time talent but the more talent than there has been but 
the depth is what is almost more eye-popping than the talent because they can and they started doing this last year they can rotate guys in so often that there's always fresh bodies on the field which means they can always go a hundred percent and uh it just you know it 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 makes for uh, better football so i can't wait i'm excited i think this is a team that you know there's some questions they've still got to figure out how that offensive line is going to fit together. I think they're a little bit thin at running back. Eric Gray is the other guy probably I should have mentioned who was impressive on Saturday. But And, and I, uh, you know, Kennedy Brooks is back, and I love that. But there's only four guys back there. Um, and sometimes the running back room can get thin in the course of a season. So that's a question mark. Uh, but this does look like the makings of a team that has a chance to make a run at a college football playoff and, and potentially a national championship. And I would love to see them go into a playoff with the defense, you know, like this. I, I, I feel like they would be going in with, with uh, two punching hands for the first time <laughs> if they could make it. You know, they've made it into these playoffs with a great offense and the defense just trying to, you know, force a punt here or there if they could. Uh, hopefully this is a year where they can go in, you know, without one hand tied behind their back and, and see if they can make a run at the big trophy. By the way, you mentioned NFL talent on defense. Think about this potential for next year. Nick Benito, and, and again, I know he's just a retro junior, but if he goes out next year, there'll be talk about him potentially being a first-round pick. David Aguebu with his size. And, you know, you start looking at that defensive line. Perrion Winfrey. I mean, this is a really bad draft for defensive tackles. So teams next year are going to want him. Jalen Redman. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, you're, you start thinking about, and if there's four guys and maybe a fifth if someone steps up in the secondary, Toby, that we could be talking about next year on this, probably this exact date, about being first or second round picks in the draft. I, that's, that's four or five guys we're talking about on the defensive side of the football for the draft. That's exciting. Yeah. I think Josh Ellison has a chance to Ellison play his too. way onto some yeah. draft boards this year because he's got the physical makeup to be a guy like that. He just doesn't have the tape yet. And if he had a big year, I think he could join that conversation. Uh, I think uh, uh, Woody Washington is a guy yes. to keep an eye on. He didn't play Saturday, but um, with his size and skill level uh alex grinch said in our conversation that that we had as broadcast crews with him before the spring game that he felt like he had a chance to be the best cornerback in the big 12 this year he's a guy that i think could could start to you know uh, get some looks like that i think a uh, delarian turner yell is a yes. guy that's off the radar right now who could also become so i mean you know i don't know if all these guys do or not but you could probably put 10 guys out there Oof. on the defensive side of the ball who are upperclassmen who are who will be draft eligible after this year and say yeah I could see them being in the draft I you know maybe it's a first round guy maybe it's a maybe it's just a fourth fifth sixth round guy when's the last time we could say that about an Oklahoma defense you know yeah I mean it's, it's I mean a long time it's it's back in Teddy's era that's yep. what it is all right, Toby, I really appreciate all the time you gave us today. Have a great call in Stillwater and back in Norman this weekend. We'll be listening to you on the OU Baseball Broadcast. Hey, Plank, enjoy Frontier City, buddy. Oh, my gosh. I cannot I'll wait. See you. We'll see you. Thanks, Toby. And thank you for joining us for the Sooner Sports Podcast. All right, I got a special show dropping tomorrow. 
Chad McKee and I are going to go all in on the NFL draft. It'll be in your inbox, in your feed, first thing tomorrow morning. Talking NFL draft right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Have a great rest of your week. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.